The Bank Next FinTech podcast is produced in association with software technology company Backbase. Hello and welcome to the Bank Next FinTech podcast. I'm Sean Weston. Today's guest is Stephen Mendel, CEO and co-founder of Bought by Many. It's a members-only service that helps you find insurance and strives to treat people as individuals. Now, some might say this is a somewhat unusual proposition for the insurance industry, Stephen. So treating us like individuals, what will they think of next? Yes, indeed. <laughs> so I, I guess somewhere along the line, um, it seems that corporates have, I don't know, they're treated kind, kindly by the insurance companies rather than us mere mortals. So, yes, I mean, this is an interesting way to start the conversation. Um, the reason that that's true is that because that is the background to this business. Um, as a lever from a large corporate, I was very frustrated to find that going from a corporate healthcare plan to the same plan with the same insurer meant that I'd have to pay four times the price, even though I was the same person. Um, and, and so if you like the genesis of the idea that's become bought by many was born at that point which is we want to treat individuals as individuals, we recognize that they're individuals, and we want to help them get better insurance than they could do without us. Well, well, Sorry. well that's all right. Well, tell me more about Bought by Money then, how you yep. came by the name, and, and give me some numbers. So, so what year you started, how many people sure. you got working for you, et cetera. Yep, sure. So, uh, so uh, we started in uh, September 2012, so we're coming up on five years. Um, we don't think about uh, our customers as customers, we think about them as members um, because you join a specific community. We've got just over 300 communities live right now. Uh, a community might be pet insurance for Dalmatian owners, it might be travel insurance for diabetics, it might be uh, personal accident insurance for commuting cyclists. Um, and so we've got 340,000 odd members right wow. now okay. uh, in the UK. Um, and our role here is to help those individuals to get access to uh, this expression of better insurance than they could absent us. Better might be cheaper, better yeah. might be more appropriate or more tailored cover, but, but it's better. All right. So, so the name actually, you, you've, you've explained it perfectly well, bought by yeah. many, makes sense. Yes. So, so how do I join the group? Is it through my own social network or do I join something that you've set up? Right. So, so you would find us in, in broadly one of three ways. So either you were searching for something in Google or, or whatever search engine you use, um, and, uh, and we were optimized for that search term, uh, you'd find one of our communities that way. Um, second way might be that we would find you inside the social platform that you're using, Facebook, Twitter, for example. Um, and the third way would be that someone that you knew was a member of the community and thought, hang on a minute, I think Sean should really benefit from joining this community. I'll, I'll invite them into the group. Yeah. And, and so um, say I'm, uh, let, let's pretend here that I'm a Rolls Royce owner. Okay, yes. Maybe one day. And so go. I might join 1978 Rolls Royce owners group. Yes, is that possibly. Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. I mean, we don't we do very little motor insurance, in fact. But yes, that would be okay. Good. Yeah, so yeah. Poor, poor example, but yes, so yeah. I, same uh, sort of putting myself in a specific bucket, correct? Uh, in a community of people. Yeah, yep. all right. So what happens if the 
that bucket is something large enough, how large does it have to be before it becomes beneficial to the people within it? Right. So, so I mean, this is a, an issue we used to have right at the very beginning, which was persuading insurers to work with us um, and showing them that we could build enough scale in each of these communities for the insurer to be interested. Um, that problem has long since passed us by. Um, and and now whenever we launch a community, we do so safe in the knowledge that we can build it to be big enough to be of material interest to an insurer from outset. How so we can predict, you find predict, that out? So looking at how people search, looking at uh, social data, um, and actually having just done this now for nearly five years, we, we can predict it pretty accurately now. Yeah, I bet you can. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's, it's community-powered insurance. It's absolutely Correct. fantastic Correct. idea. And it's not simply that you find cheaper coverage, but that you find something tailored to your requirements, isn't it? Yeah, and it, and it might be about price, but it might just as easily be something that's more relevant to you than the generic yeah, yeah. And it isn't UK specific, is it? Tell me tell me about I, I read something about that you worked with Ping and Insurance in China. Yeah. So so yes, you're right, I'm smiling. Um so the bought by many brand itself as a consumer brand only exists in the UK, or at least only for now it exists in the UK. Outside the UK, and you're right in China, for example, we offer a white label version of what we do to insurers in other jurisdictions to build these social and search communities. Uh, and, and you're right, uh, we have done this with, in China with Ping An. All right. So on your homepage, the, the great British icon that is Sweep from City and Sweep, <laughs> a yes. great part of my childhood, I've got to say. Is, Mine too. And, and you're highlighting pet insurance. So is, is the pet insurance sector ripe for change? And how are, so, you, how are you going about it? Right. So, so the reason we're highlighting pet insurance at the moment is that um, – we were struggling for a very long time to find insurance partners who really understood the challenges that pet owners had and were building tailored products to those needs. Um, and so uh, about this time last year, we messaged 120,000 pet owners and said to them, if you could design your own perfect pet insurance policy, what would it look like? Uh, amazingly for us, we got forty thousand responses. That's a great. That's that's a great number to come back with. Right. So, the, which kind of talks to our engagement. So, we're very we're very focused on consumers, and and our members think about us like that. Mm. So, yes, we were really surprised by the volume, but not shocked, if you like. Okay. Um, and out of that, we developed uh, seven brand new to market pet insurance products. Um, these are the first products in the insurance space that have the bought by many brand on the front of them. And, uh, and this was about us genuinely building a consumer centric insurance offering where everything from end to end was, was designed by our members. All we did was facilitate the process. And so what were they asking for in, in particular that, that uh, might be different? Like from, from the so, uh, so we a lot of people were sick and tired of the fact that their pet insurance policy increased every single year as the pet got older, regardless of the fact they've made no claims. Mm. Um, and we now offer what we call a fixed for life policy. So if you buy it before your pet turns two years old, we guarantee the premium will never increase over the, over the lifetime of your pet. All right. And the, I, I guess the way you guys work as well, it would also be as specific as the breed of dog because right. every dog has a different health. Yep. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, issues oh, in life. Breed, and, breed specific issues. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Now, are you the only guys doing things this way? 
We believe so, yes. Uh, we believe we're in fact the only people anywhere doing this kind of stuff, um, which is amazing to us because the business, as you'll get a sense, has grown fast. I mean, you asked how many staff we are. Uh, we're now over 50 staff based in two locations, uh, one in Farringdon in the middle of London, one in Hayward Heath. Um, and you know, and uh, we have been more than doubling year on year since outset um, and see no reason for that to stop right yeah, now. Yeah. And, and uh, how, how do you make money? So we we uh, we make money. We are legally a broker. We're not an insurer. So we make commission at the point of sale. Critically, we also take a commission at, at every, every subsequent renewal. So we our agenda here is about building long term relationships between consumers, our members, and insurers, rather than churning the book every single year. You're listening to the Bank Next FinTech podcast. I've got to say, you very, uh, uh, you make it sound easy, and I, <laughs> I know for a fact it probably isn't because I've talked to true. so many people in the this insurance. Yeah, so so you know the fact that other people haven't done this as well as you yeah. have, does that mean that you've navigated regulation better than most? Is is it tough? Is the regulation tough to to get something started like this? So. It was harder when we started than I believe it is now. Uh, I think that's a credit to the FCA. Um, the innovation hub at the FCA did not exist five years ago. Uh, and in fact, I believe we were the first insurance business to go through the innovation hub. Um, that made our lives a lot easier. Um, finding uh, a regulator that wanted to learn who we were and what we did and what our unique angle on the insurance market was. Um, they were very clear with us about some things we wanted to do that they wouldn't allow, but they were equally as clear about the things that we wanted to do that they were very keen to see happen. Um, so I'll give you a very specific example about the latter. Um, we've talked about pet insurance, and this is the piece that we've now become very well known for, um, at least in pet owners, for pet owners. Um, before the end of this year, we will launch our second uh, set of own branded products uh, and they're targeted at the travel insurance market and specifically uh, people who have, have proper medical problems and who struggle to buy travel insurance right okay. today. Yeah. Uh, and the SCA is very supportive of us doing that. So it's actually a really good relationship that you, you're yes. kind of helping one another. You're paving the way for, for the insurance sector to change, but they're helping you pave the way. So. Yeah. Yes. It's really good to, to know that because when, when I talk to um, startups from different countries as well and, and they say, well, you know, we've come to London to do this because you have the FCA, basically, you know, we, we yes. know that we can work together and make this happen. And that's such yes. a, it's a great story for us, isn't it? Very much so. Yeah. Uh, and we genuinely are a kind of living endorsement of that. Yeah. Okay, regulation aside, what other challenges did you come across during your oh, development phase? Many. Um, so working with insurers ourselves, I've already told you that we're not, we're not an insurance business, so we have to work with insurers who have a balance sheet. Um, at outset, most insurers thought we were bonkers. Um, <laughs> why would you do this? What's wrong with the status quo where we're at right now? What are you going to bring to the table? Um, and, and it wasn't just the insurers, but it, you know they represent a good a good. Uh, example of where people thought we really needed our head examined to want to try and change the way that insurance, which you know had been working very well for 200 years, um, why would we want to make this a consumer-centric operation where something that wasn't consumer-centric had worked fine? Mm. Oh, yeah, exactly. What's wrong with the status quo? Well, the status quo. 
Right. Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> exactly. So um, that, that's, I read that you were awarded, uh, help me if I've got the right year here, I think it was 2014, yeah. best use of mobile technology. Now, I'm particularly interested in this area. Yes. So how are you moving things along as a business as mobile technology and usage increases? Right. So, so we, uh, so let's take these, these pet products that we launched from scratch, mm -hmm. the entire customer journey from buying your policy to all the way through to, if you make a claim, if, you, if, you, if that's the route you'll go down is specifically designed to be mobile first. So this is not mobile optimized. Uh, we do everything to work on a mobile device. It then subsequently works on a tablet or on a desktop or whatever, but the experience and the journey is identical, literally identical. We, it's, it's designed to work the way in which our members would want it to work. And, and we check that with them all the time. And, and let me tell you, we get vast amounts of feedback from them telling us what does and doesn't work. Uh, and, and I actually think one of the reasons we get so much feedback is that because we respond to it and they can see us responding to it, they don't feel they're kind of throwing comments it's, into a Yeah, hole. it's not a waste of time kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's an omni-channel kind of thing where it works the same on yes. the web. But you did say it's mobile first, but yes. you're saying that I could, if I wanted, start something on my phone and finish it on, on my computer. Absolutely, yeah. and you know, and and we we're big believers in in other channels as well. So as you go through the quote and buy process, in the bottom right hand corner of your screen, there's a live chat button. You click on that. Um, critically for us, you see who you would live chat with. You don't kind of pick somebody after you've selected that. You get to pick which of our customer service staff you want to live chat with. And if, as part of that process, you're still stuck, you click on their their photo again, and you get to speak to them. Okay. That sounds uh, and, so and, good. Yeah, it sounds yeah. So it's just it's just about making this easy for people. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about you a little bit. Am I right in saying your your professional background isn't exactly insurance, but that you've had somewhat of a lengthy career so far in many different financial sectors? Yeah, possibly. I mean, I'm an actuary by profession. Right. Um, so so I kind of like to think that means I know what I'm talking about in this space. <laughs> okay. Tell me what else you you've, you've done. Uh, I was a McKinsey consultant for many years. Uh, and then I spent 10 years working in, uh, in retail wealth management um, for Barclays, for Christie's The Auction House, and most recently for Close Brothers. Okay, so, so the, the Christie's, was that where it piqued your interest about insurance? So yes, I did a lot of, so I, I was a McKinsey consultant ostensibly in the insurance space. Mm -hmm. right. um, and, and so if you like, that's, that's more of my background. And then since then, um, I did some, spent some time in the wealth space because I thought that was ripe for change. And we did quite a lot of good stuff in, in different spaces. Um, but, but the draw to fix a very broken industry was just too great. Um, and, and I just needed to go get on and do it. I love that. You're attracted to, to areas where change is required. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the status, status quo doesn't get me excited at all. Mm. And, and before we, uh, we, we um, fool people into thinking you did this alone, you actually set it up with a couple of colleagues, right? Oh, my God. This is, this is a massive team effort. Please don't presume I did this on my own. We, I would definitely have failed. I'd be amazed if you uh, did do it on your own. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. appropriate. Yeah. So, uh, so my co-founder is a chap called Guy Farley. Uh, we had worked together at Close Brothers. Uh, he was part of the team that originally created First Direct from a technology perspective. Um, and a chap called Sam Gilbert, uh, who had been digital marketing guru at Experian. Um, and the three of us set this up in, in September 2012. 
Um, and we added to the three of us um, a chap called Oki Elazu uh, in June of last year uh, as our chief operating officer because we now have a proper uh, insurance office uh, where we support customers for claims, the telephone, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this is not an online only operation, very far from it. And, uh, and Oki's skills, both in, at Sainsbury's and at Bupa, uh, put him in a very strong position to help us do that. Okay. Well, well, tell me more about who brings what to the table in terms of skills and experience. So, yes. Yeah, so, so in the four of us, you should hear the four skills that make this business possible. So insurance expertise, technical know-how, digital marketing insights and, and capabilities, and, and the operations to make the whole thing hum beautifully. Isn't it great when you when you see these businesses that, that really take off and then you look at the backgrounds of the individuals that started it and they're not the same backgrounds, they're, they're completely different some, sometimes. Right. And yet it, it's the, the chemistry happens. Yes, and we're, you know, the four of us are very different individuals. We work in very different ways uh, and we bring very different skill sets and experiences to the table, which I think is, is critical for success here. Mm. So more about your story then, Stephen. So what, what did life look like for the 21 year old you did you always have designs on becoming <laughs> did you always did you did you want to be an entrepreneur that was a long time ago can i even remember <laughs> um did i want to be an entrepreneur I, I i was a maths geek um and uh, and so being an actor was a kind of a, a an obvious route for me to take um i a good friend of mine has always said I was never ever uh, born to be to be managed by somebody. I was always born to be the entrepreneur. <laughs> what, no, what were they trying to say there? What were they trying? Oh, to I, say? I think you say quite a lot, and I think you can guess. <laughs> yeah. So, so you had that in you. There was a, there yeah. was a, an instinct somehow. It was it was yeah. natural for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I think that you know if you if you saw the office where I'm sitting right now, you'd see that everyone feels very empowered to get on and do what they're up to. Uh, we very much operate as a team uh, with distinct responsibilities and roles. And, and that's really important for me that everyone feels like they have the space where they can be an entrepreneur in their own field, in, the, in their chosen area. Yeah, and, and that's how you hire as well. I guess that makes hiring more difficult, but more rewarding when you get the right people. Yeah, actually, in some ways, it makes hiring easier because we know exactly what we're looking for and we can describe that very clearly. So, so it's unlikely that someone would ap apply to come join here without recognizing that the, the way in which we operate and the skill sets that we look for in individuals um, without knowing them clearly. Um, and so actually, I would argue the reverse. I think it makes hiring much easier. You're listening to the Bank Next FinTech podcast. So uh, we've touched on this question already. I, I was going to ask you what motivates you in business. And we, we've kind of touched on that a little bit when yeah. you said, you know, you, you don't like the status quo. You like yeah. change, you know. So what does that mean for you personally and professionally in terms of 10 years from now? You know, what, what happens next? Oh, I can certainly see the next five years and bought by many in the way in which we want to continually improve, build on, and and just make much more consumer-centric the insurance industry. And, and our agenda is not constrained by the British Isles. Um, what works here, we now have a very clear sense of which other countries this would work in because we've now operated in several other countries. Um, and you know, I would fully expect you 
expect you to look back over these years and say it was really obvious that they did pet first then they did travel and then here are the next five business lines that they rolled out in the UK and they took each of those one by one into a series of other countries uh, to genuinely change for the better the insurance industry make it much more consumer centric much more relevant to consumers today in both the way in which they interact with the with our business but what we do back for them as well how we support them in their lives it was a slightly unfair question i think you you answered it admirably um, oh, really do you think yeah, so? you, you, well, like, well i wanted to see what you you know you thought of what your next challenges are in in, in life and in your professional yeah. career and it, you brought it, it back to the challenges that are, that are ahead of you yes. for bought by many and that that's because there will be there, there will be so much to do and you're there is. paving there the absolutely way is. Yeah. there yeah. absolutely is i mean i you know <laughs> I, I can see the next five years i'm out past five years i can't see it's too far out mm. um but but five the next five years i can plot very clearly our direction of travel yeah. yeah. How closely are you following the progress of others in fintech, and is there anyone you like the look of? So, uh, so I, I, uh, I know the insure tech space very well. Um, I think that there's some very interesting business models coming out in a few spaces. I like uh, Freddie McNamara's crew in cover. Uh, I think Motor has a long, long way to go to be even vaguely relevant to most people today. Um, in, uh, I'm disappointed that there isn't more in the credit card space, for example. I think that's a big gap area. So there's been some interesting moves in, in, in fintech and banking. But, and I'm only I'm genuinely only interested in the B2C thing. The B2B is not my bag at all. Uh, and I think that credit cards has a long way to go. Um, my kids have OSPA cards, and I, I think OSPA is a very interesting business. Um, so I think there's a bunch of stuff to do. I think that there's a lot that could be done in, in healthcare. Um, yeah. and, and, and I think it's unlikely that we'll be in that space even in five years. But there's definitely a role for somebody. Um, and you know, and even when you look at the U.S., where there are some very sizable startups in the in the healthcare insurance industry, I don't think any of them have quite got it right yet. Okay. Um, so a, a long way to go, I think. Yeah. And interesting, very interesting to watch. So, are you in the U.S.? We, I, I won't say never. I, it's not an immediate focus for us, but I think that there are only a small number of countries that get us interested about launching and the US is definitely one of those. Um, it's not one country. We are very, very aware of that. It's regulated as 50 different countries. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think if you ask me, will we be in the US? We'll be somewhere in the US. I don't think we'll be across the US. Mm. Um, you know, if we had this conversation in a year's time, I'd like to think we had a very clear view of the answer to that question. Well, I should thank you for taking the time to chat me today. Stephen, the time goes so quickly in these podcasts and we're already, uh, I think, 20, 25 minutes in. Um, I'm definitely going to be uh, your next customer, I think, because um, travel insurance and I'm a wannabe dog owner. Good. Yeah. So, what breed? So you got something in mind? I've got something in mind. I've got Border Terrier in mind. And, nice. Very and nice. The, uh, and the classic Golden Retriever. So, oh, uh, we, we, have a, we have a chocolate brown lab. Oh, really? Oh, yep. lovely. See, you see, every time I hear about another dog, then I think, no, that would be a good one. That'd be great. But they're trouble. Are they really? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've really enjoyed our chat. I hope you'll come back in a couple of years with an update. I, on. How I look forward to it. Many thanks for your time. Thank you for listening to the Bank Next FinTech podcast. The show was written and produced by Sean Weston for software technology company Backbeat.